0: And we realised that we hadn't really told you much about what's happening at Christmas. Sorry. Uh, so we're just, about to try, we're just about to try and put that right a bit. Um, in, a, in a minute, you'll come into a little bit of light, but that's okay. We're just working on it. Had a few issues this morning. So these are some of the things that are going on. I just want to be able to tell you a bit about them. So the first one is... I haven't got my glasses on, but I can see. Um, Carols at Numa. So some of you will be familiar with family carols that we have had before. But as you know that God is doing something new in us. There's a new wineskin for new wine. I, I, just in case the message did if we could have some house lights, some of these lights up, that would be... He's not there. He was there. Oh yeah, please do. Just fade up. I think it's 23. Let's hope it's 23. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe it's not. To... Yes, look. Look, it's starting to happen. Anyway. <laughs> well done, Rob. Thank you. You're in slightly more light than you were before. Anyway, as you know, God has, we, we are being transformed. We've been taken out from where we were, like that piece of jigsaw. God says, I'm, I'm changing you. I'm molding you into something new, shaping you into something new. So we are being, uh, as leaders, bold enough to ask about everything. Do we just do this again? Do we keep doing this? Is this a good thing to keep doing? Or is there something new that God is inviting us into? And we are so grateful for family carols. We've done it for, I think we've done it 13 times, 12 times, 13 times. It's been brilliant. And we all have many happy memories of chocolate being lobbed around, Nick breaking a ceiling tile at King's North Recreation Centre because she threw the chocolate a bit high and a bit hard. Uh, we, you know, we've had injuries. We've had all sorts. Uh, but we we feel it's time to just say thank you, God, very much for that and move on to something um, different. So we uh, this year, we are uh, launching, uh, if that's the right word, uh, Carol's at Numa. We'll go with launching. Carol's at Numa. And it is a combination of Carol's... Um, bible stories from people about how their life has been changed uh there'll be a couple of videos in there etc but that is happening in if we can have that slide back up because I haven't got it anywhere so if I haven't hang on I'll pull it up on my phone and then it doesn't have to keep going up but anyway it's happening on the 10th of December um there that slide there let's have that on my phone and then I've got it in front of me That is only, we used to do one at four, one at seven, it's literally just 7pm. Now the thing is, I know we haven't got the invitations here today, but this is one of the chances in the entire year to invite anyone and everyone you know, and don't be shy. There are a number of people who are waiting to be invited to church, but they're not going to come and knock on your door and say, by the way, do you have a flyer? I would really love to come to your church this Christmas. They're waiting for you to knock on their door and say, I have a flyer. I just thought you might be interested. We'd love to have you along. We can go together if you like, or something like that. So it is not about numbers. We're we're done with numbers. It's not about numbers. It is about inviting people into maybe their first experience of, wow, this isn't what I thought church would be like. I'm, I'm feeling something in here. We have people who walk in and they say, I, feel, I felt so tearful during the singing. Like, yeah, that's because that's the Holy Spirit at work. But they wouldn't know that. But, like, we've got to get, we want to invite people in. So there will be invitations out by next week, flyers, that you can take. But get asking people because it is two weeks today. Two weeks today, 7 p.m., uh, we would. We are going to put out about 250 chairs and cram people in mince pies and whatever afterwards. There are some other things I'm going to add into this in a minute. You'll see um, family Christmas. Uh, Chrissy is the best person to talk about that. Um, she took uh, key leaders this week. She told us a bit about it, and we're like, "Wow, that just sounds brilliant!" What her vision is for that, but that is for that is some of the. That is basically for kids uh, to come along and enjoy something of Christmas that isn't just tinsel and glitter and sparkly. It's not not absence of that, but you know what I mean. So that is going to be great. Christmas Eve chill is what you think it is. It starts at 11.30. We go through to 12.15. If you're waiting for a talk, there's one that's going to emerge out of this, but it's not there yet. Um, (laughs) It starts at 11.30 on Christmas Eve, and we have that beautiful moment where it crosses over midnight, and we all wish each other a happy Christmas, and we always get quite a few people come along. It's a really precious time. It's lovely. We'd love to invite you to that, and then the big Christmas dinner um, on Christmas Day, funnily enough, and you have the opportunity to sign up for that. Anyone can come along to the big Christmas dinner. So it might be you're in need. It might be you're lonely. It might be this Christmas is the first Christmas where dad won't be there or uncle won't be there or whoever. And you think, actually, just I don't want to face looking at that empty chair. We're going to just go somewhere else. Or, actually, I just want to come and help and serve and give to other people and whatever. But the big Christmas dinner, we've had some, uh, we've had some really precious times. What's not up there is a few things. One of them is, I'm going backwards, New Year's Eve chill. New Year's Eve chill is at 6 p.m., and it's one hour. Now, last year, we just pushed the grand piano into the middle here. Um, it was a little bit more in tune last year. But <laughs> we pushed the grand piano into the middle. And then we just gathered around, worshipped. There was a bit of Bible and stuff. It's going to be a similar vibe. Here's the thing, though. On the 24th, which is Christmas Eve, is a Sunday. New Year's Eve is a Sunday. Neither of those days will there be a morning service. Or carols at Numa, there's no morning service. Okay, this will all come out in an email, follow it, you'll see. Um, There will only be, on Christmas Eve, there'll only be Christmas Eve chill. New Year's Eve, there'll only be New Year's Eve chill. And carols at Numa, there will only be carols at Numa. So you'll see, those three Sundays, we won't be here in the mornings. Okay, there are some other few little bits. I just need to change what's on my phone. That can come off if you like, because they're not up there. It's there. Now... Next weekend, there is so much going on and you're not, when I say you're not going to want to miss it, that's not like me trying to whip you up into some frenzied excitement. It would be a chance to be a fine thing in the temperatures in here this morning. But anyway, um, even as I was playing bass, like, wow, my hands are so cold. Uh, so apologies for the fluff notes. Just don't listen back to the live stream. Um, next weekend, there is on saturday we have saturday night church now saturday night church one of the things that we have the opportunity to do in saturday night church is we have the opportunity to to jump start some of the dna and people say oh it's not like a sunday you're like brilliant we're not trying to make it like a sunday because there is a place we want to take the sunday and so we're using saturday night church to like Go over there and then pull Sunday in so that we have times of encounter. What we are looking for, for example, is that people come hungry. We don't come out of habit. We come hungry. Like, not only am I hungry to meet with God, I'm bringing something that I can give to someone else. Christians of old, they do love a bring and share. (laughs) Um, Quiche, bit of quiche. Uh, but, and it's like that. We, we, we shouldn't come empty-handed. We shouldn't be coming empty-handed. Here's the thing. Take this as, take this as a, a dad observation. Don't come at 9.35. Come at 9.25. Yes, it means you're getting out of bed 10 minutes earlier. Jesus hung on a cross. I think you can do it. And no, I have no idea who was late this morning, so I'm not aiming it at anyone. I tell you what. Get her at 9.15 and walk around every seat and pray for God's blessing for whoever sits on there. Because Sunday morning is not about you. (laughs) It's about him and it's about that person next to you. And it's okay that we get something from it, right? It's not wrong. Anyway, so Saturday Night Church, and the, one of the other things we're looking for is we have this thing here, this habit that's built up over many years. When we, when we tend to worship, people tend to go back. And what we're going to do is create a bigger space here, and when we worship, we come forward. Because we're invited to the throne, not away from the throne. So that's another thing that we're going to do is we're going to, we're not actually going to corral people out of the back corners, but we are going to continually invite people. God invites us close to him. He invites us closer. And this isn't where God sits. It's not quite, it's not, it's not a direct translation. I know that. But anyway, Saturday Night Church. Now, this is the fun thing. Nicola Neal's coming. Who's heard Nicola before? Like, okay, yeah, many of us have heard Nicola before. We love her dearly. She's coming the whole of next weekend. This is actually her brand new book, Turning Tables. Um, I've read it. It's fab, as you can imagine. And basically, as you read it, you can hear Nicola talking. Like, if you've heard her talking, then as you read, you go, oh, my goodness, you write like you speak. You, you know, it's that she hasn't got a book voice. It's literally like listening to her. Brilliant book. She wanted to come and say, we need a church that we can do. She, you're required by publishers to do like a book launch and go around different places. She asked us months and months ago, any chance we can come to Numa and use it, use you know the church as a space to be able to do this? And we said, yes. And then said, but we're going to be doing Saturday night church. How about we combine the two? What do you want from a book launch? And she said, well, time of God, just encountering him in worship. Maybe some stories. I'm like, okay, this is sounding like Saturday Night Church. Uh, So we're combining efforts. So she is launching a book. I've spoken to her only uh, just over a week ago. And she said, oh, book schmuck. Yeah, whatever. It's not about the book. I just want to come and be with you. So she's actually with us for the weekend, which is going to be great. So I really encourage you to come along next Saturday night. Also next Saturday, 8 a.m., we start 24 hours of prayer. So it goes from Saturday 8 a.m. until Sunday 8 a.m., yes, through the night. So we would love, there's going to be the opportunity to sign up, yes, brilliant, thank you. It's going to be the opportunity to sign up. Um, We've uh, let your tires down and we will give you a pump when you sign up. Not really, in case any of you are just checking. Um, But that is next Saturday morning, so next Saturday morning, 8am until next Sunday, 8am. We would love for you to be part of that. Why are we doing a 24 hours of prayer now? Because we are about to enter a season where we have the most exposure to the most number of people who don't know him in any one time. And it's not by might, and it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So we can do all those fancy, nice things and put up lots of nice Christmas trees, that's also happening, and we can have twinkly music and twinkly lights and people go, wow, but if they don't encounter Jesus and they're still going to hell, it's a waste of time. Is that blunt enough for everyone? <laughs> God, this dad chat's going really well, isn't it? Uh, so anyway, we would love you to sign up for, for the, uh, not half-night prayer, for 24 hours of prayer. Um, that would be Fab. Uh, On the 9th also, so the day before uh, carols at Numa is the beehive quiz. There we go. The beehive would love your support for that. So if you can get a few people together and come along and be a quizler, then go for it. And the 11th to the 15th is gift week. That compassion is doing now we're going to ask for people to be able to give gifts but what we want people to do is rather than us handing out hampers this year as we have done for a number of years what we want to be able to do is invite people in who potentially can't afford to get their child a gift and then they come in they select a gift they can wrap the gift write a little card to go with it take that gift away and then be able to gift it to their I'm doing right, Is this? I've got this about right yeah okay, Um, give or take Uh, and then they're able to give that to the child as if it were from them so that is the 11th of the 15th that means we're going to have a load of people coming in that week who don't know him and we want them to walk in and encounter him we don't care about Pneuma Church per se we care about him and we want people to meet with him Okay, that's all that. It's all, it's all coming out in an email, but we realised that we hadn't talked to you about it at all. And I said, oh, give me 10 minutes at the beginning and I will, um, I'll explain a little bit more. But there is one thing I haven't yet told you about. Um, and the reason I haven't told you about it yet is because this is essentially as close as you're going to get to a talk. So at the beginning of next year... Uh, 2024, which isn't that far away, we are doing something that doesn't have a name yet. We used to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Has anyone here taken part in our 21 days of prayer and fasting before? A few, a few of you, some of you are like, it's that on Inspiration, I can't remember. Okay. Each day, we would pick a different topic and we would go and pray for that thing. That really matters. Okay. Not really much happens on earth unless prayer has first happened and precipitated that thing. What we're going to do this coming year is we're going to have seven days from the 1st of January, actually, yeah, first through to Saturday the 6th, which will be another Saturday night church. It's always the first Saturday of the month. And on the Monday, the Tuesday, I know Monday's a bank holiday. There are no bank holidays in heaven, so don't worry about that monday (laughs) tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday we are going to have those days of concentrated prayer fasting and we're going to meet here seven o'clock each day and the reason it is something i'm here evening Evening, yes 7 p.m here um every day oh did you say am or p.m yeah Yeah, sorry p.m every day Obviously there's no obligation, we can't require anything, we're just inviting you and this is why. So if you've got your Bibles, it's not coming up on the screen, there are no slides, Um, you've had your slide, that's it. Uh, If you've got your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 3, page 301, if you've got the same Bible as me. Um, I just want to spend just a bit of time on this. It says this. Oh, well, Let me just give you a quick bit of context. Um, God grabbed Abraham and he said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And from all the peoples on earth, God said, I'm picking you, Abraham, and all of your descendants from now on. And you are my chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And that's where you got the, uh, that's basically the Israelites. That's where that's where it all started, okay? And God said, not only that, I'm going to give you, <laughs> he never called it the promised land. He called it a land. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey, and I've promised it to you. And it's become known, it gets known as the promised land. Because God had said, not only am I going to make you into a great nation, I'm going to put you in a great bit of land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey, You, as a people, will prosper and do exceedingly well and cause everyone else on the earth to go, what's going on with them? How comes we're all in drought and they're not? How comes we have miscarriages, they don't? How comes we have a load of sick people, they don't? What's going on? And God said, I'm going to use you as a group of people as an example to be able to then invite other people in. That's basically my summary of the first few books of the Bible and roughly what happens. So as you may know, the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt. And that's all because of the drought that came, uh, the famine that came in the land. And so the Israelites ended up there. Moses came along, released them, and God took them through the wilderness He'd got them out of Egypt. He now needed to get the Egypt out of them. Turns out they're entirely rebellious and God had to wait till an entire generation of people had died before they could go into the land that he'd promised them. There were, I think, as I recall, I haven't... uh, Oh, it will tell me, actually. He, yes, Joshua, God sent... Moses sent a group of spies to look at the land. This is the land that God's promised, but there are people in there. So I need to go and look and see what's going on. And so they went and looked. Most of them came back and went, oh my goodness, the men are like giants. They're going to absolutely crush us and kill us. And two of them, only of which Joshua was one, said, our God is mighty and he is with us. And they are like grasshoppers and this, this will be okay. Moses dies. Joshua takes over. They're about to go into the promised land. The land that has been promised them for a long while. Before this, many years. So early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark and do not go near it. 2,000 cubits is over half a mile. Thank God for Jesus that we don't now have to be at least half a mile from God's presence. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant The Ark of the Covenant was a a box and there were certain artefacts in it. But on the top, the mercy seat, was considered to be where God's presence dwelt. Um, Too long to explain anymore. Just take it as it it, it symbolised in the Old Testament God's presence. God's presence is now, uh, he makes his home in us. Joshua said to the priest, bless you, take take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today... I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. They completed it on dry ground. They got over the other side. Twelve stones were then collected. And the idea of the twelve stones, Joshua said, one from each tribe, I want you to collect the twelve stones and we're going to make a pile of them. And then for many years to come, when you walk past them and your child says, Dad, what's that pile of stones? Again, my paraphrase, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now, a couple of things. Firstly, I bothered to read up about the Jordan, And the floodplains, and I read this wonderful, narrow minded, full of unbelief account of this cannot possibly have happened. Because do you know, there are probably about two and a half million people. Do you know how long it would take two and a half million people to cross a river, albeit on dry ground? And they did some calculation, it was weeks. Like, why are they crossing one at a time? So when I was a teacher, particularly when I used to teach um, young, the real young ones, five, six, whatever, we used to take them, I was in South End, and we used to take them swimming down to the pool, and we had a couple of slightly tricky roads that we had to cross. You don't cross in single file. Oh my goodness, no, you get them all on the pavement, all lined up, this is the road, and they're all on the pavement like this, and you get them all lined up, one after the other, and you get a teacher at the other end, a teacher over the other side, who has to go and play chicken in the middle of the road, stop them, and then when you're ready, you go, go, like that, and everyone all goes across, and you're done, like that. It's awesome. It's a great technique. You do have to make sure Billy's watching, because he's often picking his nose or something, you know, yeah, it's like you have, to, you have to go for it. But, so I worked out, it says the water was stopped, um, quite a way up the river. So I'm getting a kilometre. Now, I know roughly how wide an average person is because I have to space gigs out for Ashford Sings. So I did some calculations, got my little calculator out, worked it out, 67 minutes. Two and a half million people straight across. <laughs> Perfectly possible to me. 67 minutes. Amazing. But listen... Here's the key. You'd say, Chris, what on earth has this got to do? Why are we having this six, seven days of prayer and fasting? Let's just go back to the beginning of this. What had happened is the Israelites had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And they'd been staying at a place called Shittim or Acacia is is another uh, name for the same place. And then this happened. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp. Now, I've looked on a map. Where they believe Shittim was, to the edge of the Jericho, it really isn't far. But what God was keen to do was get his people out from where they were, early in the morning. It's a short journey. Why do we have to go early in the morning? I hear lots of people ask. I hate mornings. That's because what the Bible is speaking of here is priority. So the priority is, first thing in the morning, they get up and they camp, and they come and wait here three days before they have to cross over. Now, I don't know how your brain works. Mine works like this. I have asked God over and over and over this week, God, why didn't they just go straight from Shittim straight across to Jericho? Why get them to camp? And why get them to camp for three days? Why? There's got to be a reason. God doesn't do anything haphazardly, right? And it didn't come from the people. It um, It came from God. So I started looking up things about three days in the Bible. Jonah was in the fish for three days. Why? Why not one day? Why not a week? It was three days. Jesus, dead. Three days. Abraham who was asked by God to go and sacrifice his son Isaac, don't panic, spoiler, he didn't have to do it, but he was willing and that was the point. The journey up to the point of seeing the mighty deliverance of God was three days. There's something about three days in the Bible that speaks of an expectation. There is a waiting because God is about to do something mighty. And there is a waiting that is for our benefit, not for his. Wow, you didn't get that. You just didn't get that. There is a waiting. The waiting time is not for God's benefit. He's not having to get his ducks in a row. God can do what he likes when he likes. God's waiting for us and our hearts. So he says, I'm going to reposition you. I'm going to bring you here into a waiting room. Now, most of us hate waiting rooms. And what do we do now? We just get on our phones. Because heaven forbid I should be left in my own thoughts for the next three and a half minutes when I could check up on the news for the 17th time today. And God calls them into a place of waiting. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, when you see the presence of God, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. I, well, I look, I get it, but I've got stuff on. Okay, look, I'm a busy guy. What, what do you want me to... Do you me to expect me to have to wait and watch? Like, can't you just sound a ram's horn or something really loudly for two and a half million people and I'll go when I finish the thing I'm doing? You you don't understand. I have lots of other priorities. I have children that have commitments. They belong to clubs. And these things really matter. And I have this that I have to do. And I have that that I had to do. Said nobody. They were brought out from that position into a place of waiting. They didn't even know it was going to be three days. Why are we here? Because the Lord wants us here. That was the answer that satisfied while they were in this waiting place. Why am I here? Because the Lord wants us here. That's enough. Oh, isn't that amazing that that's enough? Because the Lord wants us here. And then the officers go through the camp. I don't know how long it took, I don't know how big their voices were. They go through and they say to everyone listen, when you see God's presence on the move, you are to follow. Pretty straightforward, right? You just look, but you've got to be on the lookout. Can you imagine the moment when, uh, I think it's happening. I think it's happening. And everyone in that tent all comes outside and they're all looking. They're trying to see for any sign that the priests are picking up the ark of the Lord. It was carried on poles. It was like two poles down the side of a box type thing. It was carried on poles. It's happening. Now, They're expectant for God to do something amazing because God has brought them into a waiting place. It'll land. Don't worry. It'll land. So what what it says in this passage is about there is a priority that God brings us into a place of waiting. January the 1st to January the 6th, there is a priority that God says, I want to bring you into a place of waiting and then you need to consecrate yourselves because I'm going to do something amazing among you. And if you lot are still at home, at home, metaphorically at home, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the greatest move of me on the earth ever. I don't mean if you miss coming to the 1st to the 6th. Let's not stretch that. What God is asking of us is, come and give yourself to me afresh. The Bible says, um, uh, consecrate yourselves. I've gone back and forth with God over the word consecrate. It's just not a comfortable word. It's not a word that means a lot these days. But it basically means to make holy. Now, thank goodness we've been made holy by what Jesus has already done. We are already holy and righteous and have right standing with God. That's already happened. And yet, I also need to keep coming and giving myself afresh. This is what, as leaders, we started dreaming and saying, what could it look like at the beginning of January? What would it look like if... I'm, this is not pressure. Okay, the, I promise you, this is not guilt. This is—I've got—but I've got, but I've got to, telling you the picture. Every person came. Every person, and they've come in. Why are you here? Because I want to give God the first fruits. 2024. I want it to be great. I want it to be amazing. I want to see God move like I've never seen Him move before. And I am hungry, God, to place myself under you and just say, use me. Use me like loose change in your pocket, God, just spend me. I've got to have more of you, God, I've got to see more. I only saw X number of people say yes to you last year, God, this is not acceptable, I want to see more. What do I need to do? Oh, Jesus, you are great above everything else. I adore you. There is no one like you. I hunger for you. And where I don't hunger for you, get me hungry for you, God. Or I can just sit at home and watch the telly. And what we picture is people coming in and saying, God... My prediction is I'm going to earn 25 grand this year. I'm going to earn 50 grand this year. I'm going to earn 100 grand this year. God, my prediction is I'm going to earn 500 grand this year. How much do you want, God? What do you want? This is my time, God. You know the, you know the limitations. You know I've got like a sick mom or a, 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 a child in, in particular need at the moment or no, 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 no. God, you know what time. The rest of the time, God, what, what do you want? I want to give it to you. How much of that money do you want? God, you know what my tithe is at the moment. You know how much I give. How mu- how mu- what do you want me to do, God? What do you want me specifically to be praying for for this year? We would love people to come in and they get given a prophetic word. I see this over you for 2024. I see God is looking to break this off you. This time next year, you you will see such a difference in you because he's breaking off the fear of man in you. As Kat said last week about God being a jealous God and God brings us close to him. He doesn't say, he doesn't reprimand you. That's not how he works. He says, come close and these other things will fall away. What God is looking to do um, at Newma Church and in other places but our responsibility is new, church. What God is looking to do in this family, no eye has really seen yet. Do we have any idea what it would look like when 50 people a day are starting to say yes to Jesus? Have you got any idea what it would be like when you pray for that work colleague and they get healed in a moment? What about the moment where you go and into work early, deliberately, to pray for every cup next to the water cooler and say, God, shock them when they drink. <laughs> because you're so expectant. Because we've come and we've given God our first fruits and we've laid it all down before him and said, God, we're desperate. We're hungry. It can't be like it has been. We've got to see more. There are too many people living who are sick, who have got no hope, who are desperate. There are too many people who are still wanting to have babies and can't seem to have babies. There are still people who are limping, who are emotionally limping. We have the King of Kings living on the inside of us and God is inviting us to transform Ashford and beyond. Like I mean transform Ashford. But somehow, at some point, Jesus has got to stop being our Sunday morning poster boy. He is not our Sunday morning poster boy. Where we come in and we sing to Jesus, Oh, Jesus, you're so great. And then we just naff off and live lives for ourselves. Because the train of God's revival is coming. And the only place that you can get on a train is at a place of waiting. See what God's doing. This is what he's inviting us into. He's inviting us to come and wait. Of course we can wait other times. Of course you can wait at home. Of course the Israelites could have just stayed in their tents. Oh, I'll cross over later. I've ordered a ferry. I've got a boat. It's okay. I'll come later. No, you won't. We move as one. We're family. Two and a half million people are family. We do this thing together. We're literally about to skid to a halt. Because that's it. God is inviting us to give it over to him. To give the first fruits of our year. And do you know what? it's really going to inconvenience you. And guess what? It's really going to inconvenience me too. What, every night? (laughs) Yeah. Every night. You don't have to come every night. We're not making anyone come every night. I'm coming every night. Well, you're paid to. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I'll tell you this. I'd do it even if I weren't paid because I have reached that. I don't know if it's an age thing. I don't know what it is. If it isn't Jesus, it's becoming increasingly pointless. I'm like I'm having a long Ecclesiastes season. (laughs) Everything is meaningless until you put Jesus in the middle of it. And then you go, now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Now I get it. Jesus, he's the only one that makes sense of any of this. He's the only one. And some of you, you've got stuff that you need to give up. Some stuff you need to lay down. You, some of you, you need to give up a day of work and work out. Move to a smaller house. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. But God is saying, you're going to have to give me more if you want to see more. And it's not because God's being unkind. Quite the opposite. But he's saying, you're going to have to give me more. I can't work, but you're giving me a tiny bit. And I'm doing my best with a little bit you're giving me, but you're going to have to give me more. And if you don't want to, that's okay. There's no condemnation. God's not like, whoosh, like well, you're always suspecting. No, God adores you. And there's no condemnation from us either. That's not how it works. We pray for you every day. We don't like to say, oh, God, sort them out, will you? The only sort them out prayer I normally pray, frankly, is about myself. But God's inviting us into something amazing. We had a meeting this week, and I cannot say anything of the details, but we had a meeting this week about a possible building. I don't want a mortgage on a building. Mortgage is death grip. I've got one on my house. I don't need another one, thanks. It doesn't mean they're wrong. I'm not saying they're sin. Oh no man anything except the continuing debt to love one another, it says in Romans, but we can gloss over that, put it in brackets. I'm in the same boat, right? But why are we saying, well, the only place we're at, the only way we're ever going to get a building is if we get a mortgage? Huh? Why are we, Let's get on our knees and say to God, we will not have a mortgage. We want a place that's mortgage free. Because God is not short of cash. And I know there's a kingdom bank on earth, but boy, there's a kingdom bank up there. He says, it's all right. I'll just chip you off the corner of one of my paving slabs. That'll pay for three buildings for you. This is We've got to get our eyes big. We're going to need a new premises and we are dreaming big. Place without pillars. (laughs) A place where people can come and live. I've seen too many people over, I know we've got to finish, too many people over the last few weeks that have relapsed. And I think to myself, oh my goodness, if only we could be in a place where it's family, you probably wouldn't have relapsed. So we want a place that's got places where people can come and stay. Come here for a month. Sure, pay. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't pay, but and there'll be wardens like a mum and dad who are there and they like look after them. What, I mean, I'm making this stuff up, but wouldn't that be amazing? This is the stuff we want. This is how we're going to walk with people and see them set free. What about if there's a healing centre there and doctors are going? Well, we've given you every medication we can. We can't think what to do, but it's okay. But well, there's a healing centre down the road. Go to them. They see phenomenal results, etc. That stuff got finished. Let's stand and pray. I will apologise to the kids upstairs. I tried to wrap it up. I got excited. God, we want to dream like the size of your dreams. And you, you say you will do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think. So you're going to go, not only we can think this, and you're like, whoa, ho, ho, I'm way past you. Did you say 50 saved in a day, Chris? Oh, You have no idea what I'm capable of with a people who will give themselves to me. I see God turning the tap up that lets the flow of water into the lazy river. And some of that is about to become rapids and we need to hold on to those handles on either side for 2024. And if anyone has never said yes to Jesus before, honestly, today is such a great day to do it because it ends in why. That's the only reason that I can think of. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So please come and find me afterwards if you've never said yes to him. I'd love to pray with you and help you. But Father, God bless the kids team. Um, and... Um, We look forward, God, to next weekend and the stories that we can tell of how we've met with you this week. Amen. 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 We're done. Thank you. God bless. Please head up. If you've got kids up there, head up as quickly as you can. So sorry. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.